Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, the violence has escalated in uh, Minnesota, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Uh, our, our elected officials are not helping. The police chief quit. The officer uh, who did the shooting, Kim Potter, she quit, but it's not enough. Ayana and AOC and the rest of the squad are fanning the flames, as always. And my girl, Chelsea Handler, which per with perhaps the most irresponsible tweet of all, why can't people just cooperate with the police? Simple question. Um, we'll ask. We'll ask. Also, um, we'll talk to George Price, our uh, law enforcement ex expert, former BPD, former tactical instructor with the DOJ. He's good. He's a good analyst. Uh, and Hank Azaria, the, you, you may not know him. He's a voice actor. You'll know the voices he's done and the money he's made doing those voices. Well, he'd like to apologize if he's offended anyone. He's not going to give back any of his uh, $90 million, but he wants you to know he feels really, really bad. We'll tell you about Hank Azaria and the rest of the people who are making a fortune doing cartoon voices. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. Today's Callahan podcast, podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy. And the loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. All right, Colleen, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, I'm doing, uh, last night, I'm sitting there doing what I do most nights, sitting there watching, riding, watching, looting, watching absolute uh, mayhem. Uh, people, young people with, with umbrellas, which is uh, a sure sign that you're Antifa, and they're throwing things at cops, and they're shooting off fireworks, and they're you know, screaming at the police and the media, which I enjoy that when they scream at the media. But as I'm watching and thinking, um, this is going to get worse because it is because Derek Chauvin could be acquitted, could be acquitted soon. I believe they could wrap it up this end of this week, or he could be convicted on lesser charges or Kim Potter, the, the, the cop who, the, the, who accidentally, uh, shot, uh, right dead. And we've all seen the video, must've seen the video 25 times by now. She's responsible. She screwed up. She made a mistake. It was an accident. There's really no debate. Um, I'll get to the people that, that, that wish they were, that wish there were some kind of racist hit put out on the guy. But it, uh, it's clearly an accident. You can you know, play. There's no jury that's going to convict her on first-degree murder. And everyone knows, everyone who's honest knows it wasn't racist. But uh, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, where are the leaders? We talked about the, this a little yesterday, but I'm thinking this is a crime. This is uh, embarrassing. This is destructive. Another inner city destroying its own people, destroying inner city businesses and, and homes and just destroying the, 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 the neighborhood. And what you get from leaders, and, and again, I've said this before, we'll do it again. What you get from politicians from congress people from mayors governors celebrities you get support for the criminals you get support for the anarchists and and the and the and the bad guys and i'm looking and, and i'm thinking you're a, you're an elected official in in this case uh um, you know ayanna presley aoc 
um, um, Rashida Tlaib, who wants to, you know, saw this and said, let's get rid of police and prisons. Brilliant, brilliant woman. But you, you think I'm thinking, what's where is the deterrent, the disincentive? You, you, hell, in some of these places, you don't get arrested. They arrested sixty last night uh, in Minneapolis and uh, in and Brooklyn Center. And I'd be curious to see how long they are in prison, how much they bail is set at. I'm sure they'll all be out today. Again, it wasn't like they wore MAGA hats and trespassed it, trespassed, so they don't actually have to spend a lot of time in prison. And also, simultaneously last night, they were trashing Portland again, setting fire to the police unions hall again. The, the same people, they get arrested, they get out. No bail, no charges, charges dropped. They do it again. We allow this to happen because our leaders, the people with the influence, encourage it. It's insane. And nobody calls them out. I talk about my crazy congresswoman, Ayanna Presley, every day. And... Uh, she, uh, she is absolutely part of the problem. Now, um, I'm not sure what the Boston Globe is writing today or the Boston Herald, but I'm sure they're praising her for something, praising her for making sure, you know, young black guys get the vaccine ahead of old white ladies. That's important. That's her goal right now. But she tweets out, and this got this was under the radar because um, Rashida Tlaib stole the thunder when she said we need to get rid of the police and AOC, as always stole the thunder, uh, uh, got all the attention when she declared in a tweet, EOC declared in a tweet, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't an accident? Um, you saw the video. You heard the story. You know the details. What does that mean it wasn't an accident? You think this woman, Kim Potter, 26-year veteran, obviously um, um, choked, obviously panicked, screwed up. She's quit or been forced out. The police in, uh, in, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, have set up concrete barricades and fencing around her house. Her neighbors are fleeing. They're leaving the neighborhood because they think they're going to burn down her house. She's going to go to jail. I don't think I would be. absolutely leave that neighborhood. I would absolutely leave. They're going to get around to her. They're not going to allow you know, her to, to breathe and you know, mount the defense and you know, uh, go to trial without harassing the hell out of her, maybe hurting her. We'll see. We'll see. She will, she will be charged, I believe, today, and she will be facing a, a, a lengthy prison term. I, 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 I have no problem with that. She screwed up. It's un, it's un, it's not debatable. She grabbed her, her service weapon when she should have grabbed when she thought she was grabbing her taser. She said as much. She shot him. She will pay a price. She is the person, the number one person responsible here. Number two, of course, is uh, is Wright himself. I mean, the idea that this guy who was wanted on a, a warrant for for armed uh, what is it? Armed larceny. He robbed a woman of $800 at gunpoint. A woman, by the way, who allowed him and his friend to sleep at her house after a party. He allowed her, and when he got up in the morning, he robbed her with a gun. And we've seen him posing with guns and money and everything else. Um, he was, uh, he, he's not, not responsible, as responsible as she was. But let's be honest. He tried to run. He tried to flee in a car with a passenger. He resisted arrest. If he didn't do that, He's alive today. I mean, it's not big. It's not victim. Nobody blame. wants those outcomes. But if you just kind of try to play by the rules, even remotely, bad things typically don't happen. If, if you if you resist arrest, yeah. again, what I asked us yesterday, I'll ask it again. What's the upside? What is the end game 
that works out well for you if you resist arrest. And I'd say the same thing about George Floyd. If you resist arrest, you're either going to get charged and do more prison time, you're, or, or you're going to get hurt, or you're going to die. Those are the choices. You don't resist arrest and get away. That's in the movies. I mean, that's that doesn't happen in real life. There was no way he was resisting arrest, getting in the car, taking off in, in the car, and getting away. I mean, why is it so hard for people to say that? I know they don't want to appear to be blaming the victim, which is fine. Don't blame the victim. Just ask the question. Why didn't he... Um, why didn't he cooperate? Why didn't he, you know, uh, go in and, and get a lawyer and, and, and face the, he, he'd be alive today. I mean, he might be going to jail because he was out on a, he skipped bail after uh, robbing a woman at gunpoint. So he might be in jail for a while, but he's 20. I'm sure it wouldn't be long and he'd be out and he'd be alive he, he, by running away. He led to the, the series of events quickly unfolded and he's dead. Dante Wright would be alive today if he didn't resist arrest. Why can't someone like AOC or Ayanna Presley or the mayor, the governor, why can't they say that? Why can't they say, hey, kids and, and men, don't do this. Don't do what Dante Wright did, even though he's going to be held up as some kind of angelic figure like George Floyd is now and they'll name the street after him. And, you know, this, and this family will pretend he was an angel. Um, it's a fact. If he doesn't take off, he doesn't die. Period. Why is it so hard to say that? But not only do they not say that, they say just the opposite. Some of them say just the opposite. Like, if you surrender, if you cooperate, you could die. I mean, I don't know if you saw the brilliant Chelsea Handler's tweet. Uh, that got a lot of uh, attention yesterday. I tweeted up my friend Chelsea. She says, I mean, literally says, why not run? Why not resist arrest? I don't know if you could, I'll, I'll, I'll get it up here and read what my girl Chels had to say. You're encouraging young black guys to do what Dante Wright did. Essentially you're you're telling them do this, run away, take off fight. Um, you're, it, which is how you get you're putting, you're putting, you're putting them in more danger is what you're doing. I mean, you're doing the exact opposite of what a responsible leader, and I realize Chelsea's not responsible. She's dumb and she's often drunk, although this was in the early in the morning. She, she writes, why would any person of color ever comply with a police officer when there's a 50-50 shot of getting accidentally shot? Now, is that still up there? She hasn't taken that down. She's not she's taking that down. No. Not taking that down. It's got 23,000 likes. Uh, where do you begin with someone with something that stupid? You're literally telling guys, young people of color to do what something that will get them killed. If Dante Wright cooperates, if George Floyd and George Floyd was obviously on drugs and incoherent and, and, and manic, and he wasn't thinking straight. It looks to me like Dante Wright thinks, I'm going to get away here. I'm going to get in the car, take off, and get away. I mean, clearly a uh, miscalculation, a deadly one. So you have a, a, a prominent liberal, Chelsea Handler, who sees this situation. Uh, she's got 8 million Twitter followers, and she says, you know what? I'm going to tell the world the answer is for you to run. 
The answer is for you to do what Dante Wright did. Take off. Why would any person of color ever comply with a police officer when there's a 50-50 shot, you're getting uh, 50-50 shot of getting accidentally shot? Now, it's absurd, the 50-50 shot. It's more like one in 50 million shot. I mean, we can go over the numbers. It's it's very, very rare. And I could tell you the name of the cop. It'd be Kim Potter is the problem, is the idiot that would do something like right. that. And she's yeah. an idiot and she's going, she's already lost her job. It's amazing that she had it for 26 years when she choked like this, Yep. but uh, she will pay the price. There's no doubt about it. She will pay a price. She will go to jail and it won't be pleasant for her. It's, it's more to me, it's uh, more of an open and shut case than Chauvin where now we're learning there were all kinds of uh, circumstances that brought that uh, raise uh, reasonable doubt with Chauvin with this. I mean, she didn't do it purposefully. She didn't, it wasn't premeditated, but it, it, it was an accident, but it was negligent and he's dead as a result. So she'll do time and it will be, and it'll be uncomfortable. It'll be miserable. She's going to pay a hefty price for this, but what price does Chelsea handle play for it? Pay for encouraging young black guys to run which could get them killed, get them hurt, or make them do more prison time than they're already facing. In this case, he was probably going to go to jail, and it would have been longer if they caught him and didn't shoot him, if they just caught him. But what's the upside? It's a very simple question that every one of these people, AOC, Ayanna, Rashida Tlaib, the mayor, the governor, every one of them, Chelsea Handler, for that matter, should be saying, do not run, do not resist, comply, yes, Comply. That's what you should do, Chelsea. He got shot because he didn't comply. She says, why would you comply? You're going to get shot. When he got, he complies, he gets shot. But I want to get to this. But uh, again, my congresswoman, the absolutely insane Ayanna Presley, who thinks everything is racist, you know, whatever her breakfast cereal this morning is racist. For some reason, you know, we'll see. She'll tweet out some racist uh, conspiracy theory. But this tweet went under the radar because, again, she always gets overshadowed. She's Ringo. Uh, AOC is, is John Lennon. Tlaib, I don't know. Uh, no, Elon Omar would be uh, Paul McCartney, and uh, and Rashida Tlaib would be George Harrison. And she's Ringo, the, little no, the lesser-known member of the squad who really, really wants more attention. So she occasionally tweets and says ridiculous things like, let yesterday. And this, to me, is so irresponsible, and it's almost like offensive. I don't want to say offensive because I hate when, because I don't feel offended, but it is disgusting. She compares traffic stops to slave patrols. This is right out of the Colin Kaepernick uh, playbook. Cops today who are trying to catch a guy who's wanted for robbing a woman at gunpoint of eight hundred twenty-five dollars. That guy, they want to catch him because he skipped the bail. And they want to bring him to justice. So they pull him over and they are trying to arrest him and he flees and he's accidentally shot. That's a slave patrol. That's some authority figure tracking down escaped slaves from slave patrols to traffic stops. We cannot reform this. She writes, I mean, how does that help? How does that help that I I'm sorry when I see, uh, protests like last night, like the last few nights, I'm thinking someone has instilled in these people this real animus towards the real resentment towards authority, towards cops. They just hate cops when we know 
the last thing a cop wants to do, the last thing Kimberly Potter wanted to do when she went to work was shoot an unarmed black guy and end her career and her life or, or as she knew it. It's over. It was an accident. It clearly was an accident. AOC is lying when she says it wasn't an accident. You know why? Because what else could it be? That she did he intention she intentionally grabbed her gun on video and intentionally executed him. That's what they're saying. Now, if you turn if you turn on uh, CNN or MSNBC all day, they're talking about race and race how race plays into this. When there's no evidence that it's racist, none. I mean, it just there's no evidence that she was motivated by race. In fact, I would say it's just the opposite. She's more reluctant to do something like this because she knows the consequences. They all know the consequences. If, if, if Dante Wright is white, we don't even know about it. We don't even care. We don't even mention it. We don't, nobody does a damn thing. God knows AOC, Ayanna, Presley, Chelsea Handler, don't give a damn. If, if, if Dante Wright is white, this isn't even a story. This is the point we're at with, with our leaders, with our Congress. This, this is how they score political points, right? You don't get any it's, it's all that matters. You don't get any political points for saying it's okay to peaceful. What, didn't you retweet a video the other day where um, they were marching? And listen, I don't condone anybody's messaging when they're marching, but they were saying all cops are bastards, right? So yeah, I, I don't, I, of course, we don't condone that, but they weren't throwing Molotov cocktails while they were doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's, if you want to protest, go to town. Just don't throw bricks at people's heads while you're oh, doing right. it. <laughs> How about that? They, There's a message. They threw bricks at the cops. And then when the police chief, Gannon, did a press conference and called it a riot in passing, the, the, the media slash activists, the corrupt media jumped on him and said it wasn't a riot. When the cop, when the chief knows his officers were attacked with rocks and bricks and fireworks, and as he said, frozen cans of pop. <laughs> which how you know he's from Minnesota. I guess they call it pop in Minnesota and we'll get to pop and we'll get to Popovich that, that fraud. But so they're throwing frozen cans of pops and bricks and rocks at his guys. He just refers to it as a riot in the media and says, well, you can't say that it was a peaceful protest, which shows you, which I thought was perfect. And I, and I laughed out loud because you need to understand just how corrupt the media is. You need to know you're not getting honest coverage of these things they will say it was racist even though there's no evidence that it was racist they will foment this racial strife this racial violence because they want everything to be about race i don't know if you i obviously don't read it but if you ever see the boston globe tweets or new york times tweets every story everything sports weather cooking food Everything is racist. Everything is about race. So they're going to naturally twist it. They're going to lie because they do. That's what they do. They lie, make this about race. And then their go-to is go to the squad who will do the same. They will lie. AOC is lying. Ayanna Presley is lying. They know it's not about race, or at least they know there's no evidence that it's about race. They make it about race anyway. So this 26-year veteran, this 48-year-old woman who's been on the job you know, for decades, accidentally shoot someone on video but he and he's black and she's not so it's just like slave patrols and she'll do it she'll get a million likes and people saying you go you know you, you you're right you don't go get them and it's like what that motivates people i think that mo that 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 builds resentment that fuels the fire 
that is one of the reasons what's happening now is happening because people like this don't just condone it they support it at times they even romanticize it it is again the voice of the unheard and then you have absolute morons like the mayor of uh uh, of uh, Brooklyn Center, the mayor who looks uh, like he's about 12 years old, or he looks like a pudgy Tiger Woods. As someone said, boy, Tiger Woods has really let himself go. He he looks like Tiger, but he's younger and he's pudgier. And I thought the mayor of Min Minneapolis, that idiot, that uh, what's his name? Frey, Fry, That's Jacob Fry, yeah. that child. I thought he was an embarrassment. This guy's worse, uh, at least so far. He does a press conference and he says, I don't know why police need weapons when the when they do traffic stops like weapons he doesn't even say guns i mean i think he's talking tasers and and sidearms i don't know why police need weapons you, you can find it it was pretty prominent uh yesterday and uh, on cue uh, i mean i did it lots of people did it retweeted that story from new mexico when the uh the officer darian jarrett was executed pulled over a pickup truck on the highway, went up, and I guess it was proper procedure to go to the passenger side. The guy says, the shooter, Omar Felix Cuevo, says he has a rifle. It's an AR-15. He says he'll get it, give it up, give it up or whatever, pulls the rifle out and just executes the cop on the side of the highway. It's all in high def on the dash cam. You can see it. Um, he, he shoots the cop once, wounds him. They don't show you this part, which is fine with me. You can hear the gunshots and the screaming. The cop is laying wounded face down. He comes around the truck, executing him with a shot in the back of the head. And on that day, and I'm, I'm check this for me. I think they released the video yesterday, the day before it's new. It happened February 4th, but it's new. On that day, this idiot mayor says, I don't know. I don't think. Police officers need weapons to make traffic stops. Full text of of of, of your request, uh, and uh, make sure that you know we sit down and 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 go through it and and see how we can implement. Uh, I I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons. Uh, you know, uh, every time they they're they're making a, a traffic stop. Uh, or, or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for uh, for weapons. We know that there are other many other jurisdictions, or even around the world, where uh, that is not, you know, necessarily the case. It's not needed. <laughs> don't he doesn't want cops pulling? I mean, how about highway state troopers in New Mexico, uh, uh, Mayor? Mayor. Um, uh, Mike, what's his name? Mike Elliott. Yes, Mike Elliott, yeah. the Brooklyn Center Mayor. So that's the solution. That's the the, the cr craziness you get. Yesterday, two days ago, it was Rashida Tlaib saying, "No more policing, no more incarceration." That's the reaction you get. Or from BLM, you get when the when the leaders of BLM aren't you know uh, shopping for real estate in the Bahamas, they are saying, "Let's get rid of the cops." Is that any sane person's reaction? To when they see something like this is we need fewer cops when they see a dollar store a dollar tree not just um looted but burned someone said and and then and uh, someone made a good point when you watch the video of them trashing the dollar tree and then setting it on fire it's not enough to trash it let's burn it a place probably owned 
by somebody in that community. Everyone working there is probably in that community. The people who, who patronize it buy $1 stuff, including food. Those people are in that community, probably lower income, probably working class. They can't go there anymore because this absolute scum, the scum of the earth, looters burned it, burned it. And the reaction is, you know, we need fewer cops. How do you get, how do you make that leap? It just, I find that bizarre and insane that that's your reaction to civil unrest. Or, or if you're, a, if you're Ayana, your reaction is we need more of that. But in, but in fairness, as you're watching this play out, if you think like Keith Ellison came out yesterday in right. front of that entire crowd and asked people not to throw bricks, what do you think they do? I think more people well, show up. It's, and it's, it's Well, yesterday, there was a change in the dynamic. There was, a, uh, as you heard on, the, I think, Mike Tobin reported on Fox that tonight, two nights ago, it was locals. Last night, it was an Antifa. They, they move in. They fly in. You know, they're mostly rich kids, or, you know, kids who went to evergreen college or wesleyan or tufts and they 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 fly in with their black umbrellas and their black outfits and they were there last night there were 60 arrests which is good they're actually arresting people who commit crimes it's a novel concept but i don't care you're still your responsibility as a leader is to discourage this i know that's that's asking a lot that would take courage aoc ayana uh, talib uh, the mayor mike elliott uh, the governor another moon bat they would that would show courage if they literally stood up like you said said don't do this keith ellison are you kidding me keith ellison probably is pulling up with a, a pickup truck full of bricks providing these guys with the, what they need he's such a radical it's frightening to think where the, this lawlessness has taken place in a state that has a a um follower of Farrakhan, a radical leftist, a socialist, as attorney general. <laughs> it's just, uh, that ain't going to help. But if one of these people, if all of them stood up, how about if a squad did a press conference all for it said, stop this. This is crazy. It's not the cop's fault. This, this cop will be prosecuted as, as she should be. But this isn't about, uh, you know, uh, cops targeting black people. It's not. It isn't. They know it. They lie about it. Just like, and we can get to this this fraud Popovich, who is such a, uh, he's such an exploiter. He exploits these situation to engender, to endear himself to not you know, players, to media, to all the, the, the woke mob that he knows is part of the NBA, you know, family again, players and, and, and more, more media Play, players probably don't pay nearly as much attention. To this is the media, but, and they love him. They know, it, he's it, there's nobody who knows how to go out and get the attaboys like greg popovich one of many leaders out there who came up with this tired cliche and i know you got it there and you can play it but oh by the way i wanted to, when i mentioned uh, darian jarrett the cop shot dead in uh, in new mexico on the side of the highway i met, i wanted to mention this 90 he was the, uh, the he's one of 97 cops to be killed in the line of duty so far this year it is April 14th. Happy birthday, Jack Callahan. April 14th. And we've had 97 cops killed in the line of duty. And this is, uh, did you watch the video, Cullinane? I did. It's it was disturbing as it gets. Yeah. The guy's, yeah. guy's is big ass. This guy, Omar, Felix, whoever, big ass. And he pulls out the um, AR-15 and executes this police officer, uh, Darian Jarrett, and then takes off, of course, 
and dies in a shootout with other cops. Didn't kill any other cops. They killed him, which is good. It's a great way for it to end. But one of 97 last year, do you know how many cops killed in the line of duty? 359. Wow. How many of those guys do you know? How many names? And this includes people run down with cars and beaten and, uh, and stabbed and, and, and shot, of course. But uh, I, I, there's a there's a website that tracks tracks them all, and uh, you look at it. It's uh, called ODMP. It's uh, officers down officers down memorial page, and it tracks them all, and it tells you all about them, and you can learn all about uh, uh, Darian Jarrett and all the others killed in the line of duty. I mean, anyone ever riot for for them? Anyone ever? Anyone ever lift a finger for them? And, I mean, any a AOC, Ayana, I mean, any of them, you know, Chelsea Handler ever tweet about them? I mean, of course not. All they do is say, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't give them guns, or maybe we should take away qualified immunity, or maybe we should, you know, uh, maybe we should lay them off, you know, like they did in many cities. They did it. Now they're changing their minds, but a lot, many of them did it in these cities and, uh, and they see something like this happen and say, you know, we should do get rid of some of those cops. Get rid of some. Of them. Who needs them? It's just, it's madness. We are, we have just, just the worst people, the worst human beings as our elected representatives in these places. Coincidentally, these places where there is so much crime and, and, and destruction, invariably their uh, elected officials are radical Dems. Like again, my, my, my girl, Ayana, which fortunately, we haven't had the destruction in Boston that they've had in these other places, but we do have a lunatic representing us who thinks cops are just like slave patrols. And she didn't get a lot of attention for that. So today she'll probably tweet out something even crazier. She must be jealous of Greg Popovich because Greg Popovich never fails to get the love. Greg Pop Does anyone know how to do this better than Greg Popovich? Here's what I can't stand. And it's a little thing. I know you're going to play it again, but I heard it from, all these political people, AOC and all these, you know, media people, you know, it's all day long on some of these networks and it's a tired cliche and it's, it just keeps happening over and over and over again. It just keeps happening. What keeps happening that a cop accidentally uh, grabs her gun instead of her taser and shoots a, a guy wanted for armed robbery want shoots. I mean, does that really keep happening? We know the numbers. We've gone over them in 2019. We just went over the numbers of cops killed in 2019. Unarmed black guys, it was 13. And I believe all of them were either justified because the the perpetrator was doing something like trying to hit the cop with a car or, uh, you know, was, was uh, trying to hurt the cop or the cop has been charged, you know, like with like the, with this case, the cop will be charged. There was 13. I believe the number of interactions, public interactions with police is about 750 million a year. You have 13 unarmed black guys shot by police. 13 too many. We all agree this woman was negligent. She will pay a price again. But but Popovich is the reason, and we talked about this yesterday, this poll of, of Democrats. They think the majority of Democrats think the number of unarmed black people killed by cops a year is over a thousand. Some of them think it's up to 10,000. And the reason is people uh, like we talked about AOC and Ayana and Greg Popovich, who says it just keeps happening over and over again. Had Popovich was uh, 
trending last night. Is he still trending? He was trending. He's still trending. If you click on it, you'll see all the tweets saying, oh, I love Pop. He's so great. Pop is the best. He re- he uh, tells it like it is, and you go, Pop. And it's this is a guy, again, by the way, a 70-something-year-old uh, wildly wealthy man with hundreds of millions of dollars living in a largely white community, gated golf course community in San Antonio. But he, you know, street speaks truth to power and he speaks for his, uh, his guys and the players and, and mostly the media who just adore him. But let's hear Popovich's brilliant uh, analysis of what went on in uh, Minneapolis the other night. It just makes you sick to your stomach. You know, it's, how many times does it have to happen? And you know, as sick to our stomachs as we might feel, you know, that individual's dead. He's dead. And his family's grieving and his friends are grieving. And we just keep moving on as if nothing's happening. Where do you begin? Where do you begin with this guy? This, I mean, it just keeps happening over and over again. We just did the numbers. It doesn't keep happening over and over again. And what are you talking about? We know the circumstances better than usual, more than usual. We know what Kimberly Potter did. We know it. So what is he talking about? It just keeps happening. I don't remember ever seeing something like this happen. And guns, I mean, what guns? The gun was, the cop had the gun. She shouldn't have shot it. She should have shot her taser. But what does that have to do with guns? Other than the gun, maybe that Dante Wright used to rob a woman of $800, uh, which led to the warrant for his arrest. And we need what? He doesn't ever give you what. It's just, you know, just bitching and 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 whining because he wants Twitter applause and he wants to sound like a man who's really concerned, but he doesn't actually tell you. Uh, and now without Trump there to hate, he doesn't even know who to hate. What does he hate? Guns? Oh, those damn guns. I mean, he's just the ultimate demagogue. And worse yet is that hair. What the hell is with that hair? Yeah, I don't watch his press conferences in full. Do you think he's he's asked about this, or do you think he's? Yes, like, I, I think they know exactly. From a basketball court, like, why did the team play this type of defense in in the second quarter? And he just like segues right into. It's a good question. Oh, I, I don't know what order it goes in, but they know they can wind him up and turn him on. They know exactly what he'd say, and he knows that they know, and he knows the media will love and will eat it up with a spoon if he just gives them all the same old cliches. You know, just uh, we got to do something. Enough is enough. It just keeps happening. Why would someone say what keeps happening? Oh, unarmed black kids uh, getting shot by cops. Well, when have you ever heard of a cop mistaking the gun for a taser? And how about this one? Do you think it was smart for Dante Wright to resist and try to run? Do you think there's maybe you could send a message to all, you know, young black guys? Don't do that. Don't do that. Come I mean, on. at least in, in in this situation, obviously we know that we know the facts at play here. She's a dummy, but these are pretty high uh, pressure situations, right? Like, I, and I know they're trained for high pressure situations, but it, typically things can go wrong sometimes when you're not, you know what I mean, when you're not expecting them to. Right. She. I mean, it's amazing she lasted as long as she did, and, and like, apparently was successful. She was a union president at one point, so maybe that's why. She's never been fired. We will hear soon, if we haven't already, uh, about something else in her past that she did wrong. They were going to go through that, scrutinize that, which they should. Good. I'd love to hear more. But, I mean, she's going to face the consequences. It's not like there's no consequences 
to her actions. There's no consequences when you're Popovich and you and you lie, or you're AOC or Ayanna and you lie. People, th hell, just the opposite. You get out of boys and pats on the back, and people say, "Boy, Pop, he really tells it like it is. He speaks truth to power." And and boy, that hair's kind of hip. He's kind of hip. That long gray hair in the back. Um, I wonder what he's uh, going to do without Trump, though, because most of his time was spent, you know, hating Trump. So we'll see. But uh, I'm looking at all the tweets. You know, I love Popovich. I mean, literally, I love Popovich. <sighs> okay. Um, but oh, there he is. He's got these, the number one trending thing. He sounds off on Dante Wright and the governor. He goes after Greg Abbott, of course. But just makes you sick to your stomach. Okay, it makes everyone sick to their stomach. It makes the biggest police supporter and, you know, biggest back the blue guy in the world sick. Makes him even sicker because this was negligence on the part of police, a police officer. So naturally, the cops hate this. And oh, Sports Center, Popovich speaks candidly about police shooting. Oh, and then some media guy I never heard of says, I love Greg Popovich. And they, one, one, uh, I love this man. I love this man, and he told not one lie. Oh, yes, he did. He always tells lies. He, I mean, just keeps happening. What do you mean just keeps happening? He's in Texas. I'll, I'm going to guarantee more cops have been shot and killed this year than unarmed black guys. Just going to guess. We can ask George right now, actually. But, I mean, you know a lot. We have a lot that listen, Jerry. Can you imagine being a cop right now after incidents like this? Excellent. Let's bring in uh, our friend George Pricey. A uh, authority on all things law enforcement, uh, George. Uh, it's been a while since we spoke, but I can't think of anybody better. Former B, correct me if I got. Uh, tell me if I got this right. Former BPD, correct? Correct. Yep. And uh, a tactical. What, what was your title when you? I was a Boston police officer. I was also a federal agent with DEA uh, for a number of years. I was the firearms and tactical instructor for the Atlanta Field Division of DEA for a long time. Um, and taught uh, courses like close quarters combat and uh, basically physical restraints and all kinds of shooting and all all kinds of stuff like that. Excellent, like that. excellent. That's uh, what we want to hear. We get lots of questions. Let me start with this one: the incident in uh, Brooklyn Center, the the, the shooting, the death yep. of uh, Dante Wright by Kimberly Potter, um, was a failure of what? Fill in the blank. It was a failure of blank. Uh, probably, uh, continuing training. I mean, you had an experienced officer who was 20 plus years on the job. I mean, your whole life as a police officer is what's on your gun belt, right? So you rely on that every day. Hopefully you know where to reach when, uh, when you have to use one of your weapons. Um, I mean, I, I watched the video, she's screaming taser, but she shoots them. She thinks she has her taser in her hand. Um, I, I just think that not enough. It, my guess, not enough, you know, consistent in-service training. I mean, that's that should never happen. Was, I, I, I I wondered that, like, she's yelling, I, I'm tasing him, tasing him, and then she goes, oh, shit, I shot him. Right. It would seem to me she's in trouble, clearly. She's got yep. time, but that would be a pretty good defense against this charge from, you know, all oh, these oh, absolutely. I mean, politicians I, who were saying it's, uh, you know, murder and it wasn't an accident. Clearly, it was an accident. Total accident. Um she was hysterical afterwards. Um, you know, negligence, yes. Criminal, no. I, I don't. I, I don't think it's criminal. I don't think she had any intent on committing a homicide that day or even shooting him. I think she thought she was tasering him, and she'll get a, a full defense. You know, 
on the, any charges that are brought against her, you know, on that theory, you know, you watch the thing and she's screaming taser. She thinks she has her taser in her hand. It's a, it's a mistake. It's an awful mistake. Um, is it a criminal mistake? Um, unfortunately in our world today, it's probably going to turn into one. Um, 15 years ago, it, it probably wouldn't have been. Um, it would have been negligence and, and it would have been ended. Well, talk about changing times. If that's not a black victim or a white cop, right? Correct. You might have, you might have a different definition. Have you ever heard of a police officer grabbing their taser by mistake, thinking it's their service weapon? Um, no, no, it's kind of a first, just watching that video. It's, uh, you know, tasers are relatively, they're not relatively new. They're, they've been around for a while. Um, I mean, there's kind of a force continuum. So you're, you're taught to, you start with verbal commands, then you go to hands-on. Um, then you might go to pepper spray. Back, back in the day, you'd go to your baton, um, and then you'd go to a taser if you had one, and then to deadly force. That's kind of the force continuum that every officer's taught. Um, but again, I got to go back to your gun belt. Like you slap that thing on every day when you go to work. Like, how do you not know where the hell your, your taser is? I just think it something broke down there, whether it was her, uh, you know, boost of adrenaline or whatever. But um, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know what that district is like as far as policing goes. Do they regularly have to taser people? I bet they don't. I bet it's probably pretty rare. And because of that, that mistake was made. Um, you know, if <laughs> if you go to other places where, you know, People are officers are more likely to tase someone. They're going to know where their taser is right away, and right. and and you know there'd be a difference. But um, there's no perfect answer here. I wish I could tell you, you know, what what she was thinking, but who knows? She almost looked like she shot her partner. Uh, she was right. actually training a young guy, young a new officer. I think he might have been on the other side of the car, but she actually shot her off. He he like had to step out of the way. Right. And she, again, was yelling, I'm going to tase him, no, right. tase him. And she's got a gun in her hand. So right. unfortunately, the narrative falls apart that it was a, you know, a racist cop executing a young black yeah, guy. You know, when you're in those situations, <laughs> and I've been in them dozens and dozens and dozens of times, I don't care what color you are. The only thing I care about is right here. What do you got in your hands? Right. What are you doing with your hands? That's the only thing that's going to kill me is your hands. doesn't matter what color you are. So, yeah. um you're an expert here. You've seen, uh, studied it. You've seen it. You've lived it. Um, the the life of a cop, the, uh, making traffic stops, which are always scary. I think people like sure. like me even think they're scarier than they are because the ones you see, you know, on Twitter, on video, on on the news, are ones like in New Mexico on, on February fourth when uh, a police officer, Darian Jarrett, was executed with a shot in the big, head. Yeah, shot. Uh, he was shot at first, I think, in the chest or whatever, and then. When he went down, he shot in the back of the head by a scumbag named Omar Felix Hueves, who took off, and the cops eventually killed him. But the traffic stop is absolutely chilling. Yep. And the mayor, uh, Mike Elliott, the mayor of Brooklyn Center, said yesterday, you know, he's talking about police reforms, and you know what that means. How can we weaken yep. uh, the cops? How can we hurt the cops? And his suggestion was, I don't think cops need weapons to make traffic stops. And <laughs> Let him go. <laughs> and that, that's, I mean, maybe there's some things they don't need weapons for, but that wouldn't be one of them. Did, did Never. The motor vehicle stop is one of the most dangerous things you ever do because you don't know what you're walking into. Um, I, you know, can count many, many times where I walked up a vehicle and there would be weapons in it, um, handguns, rifles, all kinds of things in it. You got people that are wanted for things you don't even know. Um, what they're wanted for, or who's in the car, or what their intent is. Um, 
It's one of the most dangerous things you can do. Other than going into a, a domestic dispute where, where you know, that you know there's an ongoing fight or you got an active shooter situation, when you're walking up to a car, you have no idea what you're walking into. You have no idea who you're pulling over until until you get up there. It was, uh, I don't know, was it Portland or uh, Seattle, one of those crazy places, said that it no longer going to send cops to domestic violence calls, domestic abuse calls. They're going to send social workers, unarmed social workers, you know, with... That's- it's absolutely ludicrous. Wait, wait till they go to one of those scenes and it turns into, you know, violence, which which happens often. Um, and they will be completely unprepared. And you're unfortunately probably going to end up with, you know, new victims here. Right. Um, and they're going to realize that, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. Um, you need to, you know, you're taking money away from the cops across the country. What I think you need more than anything, if, if you're really worried about it, train them more, give them more money, you know, give them the stuff they need. Um, you know, they talk about demilitarizing the police. The only reason that cops have the equipment they have when they go into situations like these riots and, and you know, in Minneapolis right now and, and in other cities is to protect themselves. If they can't protect themselves, they can't protect anybody else. Right. right. So I, I, you don't you don't pay these guys enough to be punching bags uh, or have fireworks thrown at them or or bricks thrown at them or to be shot at like the, you just don't. And unfortunately, I think what you're going to see is guys aren't going to guys and women aren't going to want to do this job anymore. They're going to stop doing it. And, and we're going to be all the worse for it, especially in the big cities. It's going to unravel. Right. And, and as you know, uh, we don't have to get into say the qualified immunity is going to lead to a lot of problems. Um, yep. uh, repealing it. But the, I, I, I thought this yesterday, I, I predicted yesterday that the chief Gannon, the chief of Brooklyn center would, Resigned. fired or quit yeah. you know, a couple hours later he quits and and i think people don't understand that guys like him have the the years in they get the yep. pension they were probably he's probably planning on quitting sometime soon anyway because he's put yep. in the years same with her kimberly potter i mean she might lose her pension but she's been yep. in 26 years yep. she wasn't long for the job anyway so there are a lot of guys like that who are going to yep. say i've done my 20 25 years i'm done i don't need this i don't need this this hassle i don't need this risk uh, or, or I don't need people throwing bricks at me. Yep. When you see a scene like last night, just say in, in Brooklyn Center, it was all the live video was incredible. The the standoff between Antifa and the rest of the scumbags and the cops yep. and the fireworks and the rocks and the bro- frozen yep. frozen bottles of pop. Um, yep. Do you think the police, when you watch it generally, handle it correctly? Or are you sitting there going, don't do that? do that you know where you well you just, I, I yes. that because you know everyone's got these magical things called phones now right they're videotaping everything and right. you know everything you do is watched so closely and it gets monday morning quarterbacked you know constantly um you know they're they're in a, a lose-lose situation if they use force you know they're they're gonna be in trouble and if they don't use force they're gonna get hurt so you know we're putting these this, these men and women in in untenable situations. No one ha- should have to go out and do their job and talk. Never mind the innocent business owners and people that are violently assaulted in those crowds because they might not agree with what someone's saying. I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's an absolute mess, and and the cops don't, you know, they don't get a break. Um, I, you know, twenty five years ago, if you had situations, or twenty years ago, you had situations like that. They'd go in with force and they'd end it. They'd lock everyone up and there'd be, there'd be no one left to throw anything at you because we'd go grab them all and put them in handcuffs and bring them to the station. And, and guess what? They'd stay there. No, they'd I was going to say, they, 
Till they, till they post the real bail. Like, right, it doesn't know, happen now. They go in. Happen. in some have, of these cities, they go in for 10 minutes and they're out back doing it again. We have, we, we have candidates for president and, 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 and senators and congresswomen, you know, bailing them out of jail so they can go out and do it again. It's, it's, it's really troubling. Can't, can't imagine anything more frustrating for a cop. And it's in a lot of big cities. This is in Boston now. We have radical DAs in Boston, Philly, not just Seattle and yeah, Portland. When you arrest someone for assaulting you, or uh, for whatever, for theft, for looting. Yep. You arrest them, book them, you go through the trouble, you you know, everything, fingerprint, picture, boom, boom, boom. An hour later, you see them again. Hour later, they're throwing stuff at you again. Yeah. Well, just I, I can't I can't tell you, I, I, I had, uh, I've been a lawyer now for 20 plus years, but I mean, I had a, one of my old classmates from the academy from Boston who just retired about two weeks ago, um, a senior guy there. And he's just like, I've had enough. It's time to get out. I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be subject to this. Um, he was downtown during the the riots that we had last was it last summer. Um, and just enough. Like he's, it's time to pull the trigger and get out, and you know, moved on to to other things. I think you can see an awful lot of that. Um, I, I mean, I, I, you're right. It's going to get worse because our leaders, our Congress people, mayors, they right. they're not on your side. They don't. They're they're on the side of the people throwing the bricks, not the side of the, the cops putting themselves, the lives on the line. Yep. In these big cities in Seattle and Portland and in Boston, and they're not on the side of law enforcement. It no. is scary. And people, are, and, people are, and they're fleeing the cities because of it. Like, you, you know, your, your property values are dropping in the cities. You go in the city now, there's, you know, you can walk up the middle of Congress Street for 200 yards without being hit by a car now like there's nobody there the restaurant right. are empty and, and who's who's going to want to be in these places anymore if, if there's complete unrest i have relatives in in minneapolis and they they live in residential neighborhoods and literally sit there and listen to you know gunshots and fireworks all night long and they're scared they have little kids there's you know it's not a good place to be it's not it is frightening um, yeah. um before we i want to get to chauvin because that's sure. that's about to blow man that's about to explode Yep. He, defense is is uh, taken. It's it's the time for the defense. Sure. Uh, even though you may have been confused because part of the prosecution's case seemed like the case for the defense. Right. Was even a witness who wasn't cooperating in some, and the de defense declared that that witness was was theirs. Right. There was a prosecution was we're going to treat this witness. I think like, it was the like female. I think it was the female use of force officer. She, you know, she talked about, um, you know, whether or not you'd respond in a certain way if you had a crowd behind you and you're trying to restrain. Oh, right. Someone. Right. So um, are, is it going as badly for the prosecution as it seems to me from you, from your perspective? Um, I think they're putting on the case that they have. And I think the, defense is now going to do its job. Um, you know, people have to remember that, uh, you know, the defense only needs to get to one person in that jury and that's it. They'll have a hung jury. And I, I predict that actually in this. Yeah, me too. Um, I think you're going to have a hung jury, um, which will be, which will be awful for your relatives, which, which is, which is awful because uh, Minneapolis will burn. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's the simple fact of the matter. That's what's what you're going to see. Um, and probably not just there, it'll be across the country. If, right. If, if he's acquitted or if, or, or if there's a hung jury, um, what, you know, unless the guy is found guilty of first degree murder and, you know, sentenced to, to death, it's not going to be enough for, for, you know, the, the radical left, I don't think, no matter and, what. And I think if he is convicted, I've watched the tr testimony and read uh, a lot, is yeah. I think it'll be one of those deals where the jurors, and I'm not necessarily blaming them, say, 
I can't do this. You know, they know where I live. I mean, the New York Times just virtually docks them. Right. The people there, they know who the jurors are. They sure. will track them down, make their lives miserable in some sure. form. I, I think the, that's why it's impossible, I think, to get an acquittal, even if the if evidence is overwhelming that he, right. he died of a drug overdose and the knee was on the shoulder and the, yep. and, and Chauvin, you know, you know what I found out the other day, I didn't even realize Chauvin is tiny. He's like five, seven, 140. Oh, yeah. Floyd was, is huge, was huge. I mean, he was like six, right. six, four, six, five, 230. Yep. I mean, not yep. that that excuses, but you don't realize Chauvin's probably a bad guy. He's probably a nasty guy, but yep. they're putting up a pretty good defense. So, show you that photo with the knee on the shoulder. They're telling you how much drugs this guy's ingested. Um, if they wanted to acquit, I don't think they would. I think they will. The best he can hope for is a hung jury because right. these jurors are understandably intimidated, living in fear of yep. the mob. Yep. Have you ever seen I, a I mean, case that should have been moved? I mean, George. This oh, I know. Is, oh, and, uh, and you're absolutely right. This should have been a change of venue. Absolutely. The, you know, the entire jury pool was poisoned. But, um, you know, I, I I think that the defense, they're, they're just getting – uh, going as far as the work they need to do. And I think they're going to, I think they have a medical expert coming on. I mean, there's, they have some compelling evidence on the defense side. Do I think that, you know, as having done that job and trained officers and trained federal agents, did, did they do things right there? No, I don't think they did it right there. They, you know, at the, at the point he became essentially docile or, or compliant, they could have done things much differently. Um, 20 years ago, we would have, we would have, hogtied someone like that that was violent and it's a you know it's a blunt term but we basically tie their shoelaces to the handcuffs and let them sit on the ground well, well one of the experts said that he could have done that would have been justified yeah. they yep. these cops could have done that they have a name for it i forget we yep. secure the arms to the legs uh, yep. arms to the feet yeah and that would have been justified tasing him they said would have been right. justified right. one of the prosecution witnesses so i mean obviously there was a question of should he kept his knee there for right. nine minutes because he was, as you point out, uh, uh, he was neutralized. He was docile, yeah. so yeah. he could have. But then they bring up all the drugs he's done and all the, yeah. you know, the. the oh, the only two, and and I, and I can say this from experience is you know you don't know the force that someone's putting on um, the officers just by looking at you know is he trying to get off the ground? Is he trying to push up? I mean, at some point he he definitely was not, but. I, you look at them trying to get him in the cruiser. I mean, that's about, you know, that, that was a violent fight. That was a violent confrontation. The guy right. didn't want to get in there. And, you know, I think that the people I feel really bad for in this situation is the younger officers. If we're just, well, they're four days on the job or something, right. we have no idea what they're doing. You know, it's great to go through the academy, but, you know, that for all we know, that could have been their first use of force incident they'd ever experienced. And, right. and, this, and Floyd yeah. is a big, strong kind big, of strong uh, guy. maniacal yeah. guy at that point where he yeah. was a little scary and, and a yeah. little, you know, frantic. And I, yeah. you know, they, they, maybe they panicked, but, uh, uh, we'll see as this, as defense mounts its case, it seems, yeah. um, it seemed in, you know, on Memorial day last year, impossible to imagine Derek Chauvin walking free, but it sure seems not likely, but possible now. And you're right. A hung jury is the most likely scenario, which will yeah. lead to more mayhem. Absolutely. And I don't know why it's so hard for politicians, for leaders in the community to say, comply, 
comply. Don't resist. Don't run. Don't fight. Just comply. Let your lawyer handle it when you get to. I mean, look at the look at the Minneapolis shooting that we just witnessed with this female officer. I mean, he was the the warrant was for armed robbery. (laughs) You don't see that on CNN or I mean, this was not like. You know, a shoplifting case. No, he had an air freshener, George. Didn't you hear yeah, him? Air freshener, I mean, illegal air freshener. On, we like, find out today he robbed yeah. a woman of $825 at gunpoint. Right, and that's right. why he was wanted. He, get, right. he, he, he skipped bail. He made bail skip bail. And right. he clearly was a wanted man who, who uh, they had to arrest. He made the decision to run. He yep. made a mistake. We got to, sure. we all, all got to agree that, that to that. You shouldn't do that. Not right. smart. Should not comply. You pick up, you know, you can, you can always do what you're supposed to do, right? You can complain and then take up the fight another day because you, you'll have it. If the, if the cops are wrong, you're going to be okay. Right. You'll end up with a lawyer and you'll end up being able to figure a way out of a particular situation like that. If it's not what it, you know, purports to be when you're there, but you know, getting in the fight with the cops at the time, it it only, it's never going to end well for anybody if that happens. So, um, well, imagine, being a, imagine being a cop in uh, Minneapolis and finding out before Chauvin's trial began, or just as it was beginning, that the city right. agreed to pay Floyd's family $27 million. You yeah. haven't even, there hasn't been a judgment yet, a decision, oh, verdict. Incredible. They get $27 million of taxpayer money. Um, that that was because of politics. You know, they, they, Absolutely. they, they you know, they wanted to, and, and, it's a, and it's a growing trend. I mean, all these cities are writing checks. They want to be done. You know, they want to be done with it. Um, and, and you've got, you know, you've got lawyers out there who, you know, the one lawyer, and I don't even know his name, but he he's in every one of the, every time we have one of these incidents, he's there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the same rhetoric every time. There's been no investigation. You know, we're looking at a few minutes of body cam or something else. And, you know, the entire incident is is racist. And I've worked with, you know, every color and creed of police officer and federal agent. And, you know, 99.9% of the time, um, they're not looking at any of that. They're looking at right. a person who might hurt them or that's wanted or, you know, I don't... We- you got to care what color they are. We, we should all agree, George. This is the last thing they want. The right. last thing they want is what well. And the got. other thing is, you got to stop doing it, right? So, right, you know, right. What, what, you're, you're in your cruiser. You get the call, like you know, are you gonna are you gonna go 100 miles an hour now to get to to, to a call to end up in a situation like that? Right, I don't right. know. I don't yeah. know what you know. I don't know what officers think anymore, but. I'd be in a rush. I bet. I bet they're thinking more about it than they used to. They're thinking, uh, I, "Why take a chance? You know, why stick your right. neck out?" I mean, that's a bad way to approach it. But you know, right. that's the way it is. Um, George, yep. George Price, uh, the the bio's too impressive and too long to, uh, <laughs> to run through the whole thing. Former Boston police officer, former senior special agent with the DEA, and this is my favorite part: senior special agent and tactical team instructor with the U.S. Department of Justice and the DEA, um, first through the door on more than 100 federal drug raids and still here. And we're glad you are. Thank God. (laughs) We appreciate the time and the expertise, as always, George. Thanks a lot. You got it, guys. Have a good day. Take care. We will talk to you again after the verdict and when Minnesota explodes, Minneapolis explodes all over again. It's not going to be pretty, but uh, he's good. He's good. George Price is good on this. And I'm, I'm guessing he feels the way most law enforcement
does. Their job just gets tougher and tougher every day. And the people making it tougher are, you know, the politicians, the mayors, the community leaders who just don't make these people, these, you know, these Etifa, these, these, you know, BLM, they don't make them help. They don't hold them accountable. There's no price to pay. Why not throw a brick? If you're, uh, you know, why not set a building on fire in Portland? They'll detain you for an hour. You'll be back on the street. There's no price to pay anymore. And, you know, if you screw up and the cops, you know, shoot you, Ayana and AOC, they all got they all got your back. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter if you resisted. They have your back. But uh, we appreciate. I, I'm them. not ca- I'm not calling you a bullshitter or anything like that. But like I I know sure. when you when you say Minneapolis is going to burn, it, it it likely is. But like it, it hits different when a guy with his experience says, "Oh no no, it's it's going to burn." Like don't even you know what I mean? Like don't even question it. it's going to burn. It, it, just imagine this, Colin, that. He's, I mean, I can't, forget acquitted, forget acquitted. He's not going to be acquitted because of the threat. The intimidation is going to work and people, at least one or two or five or 10 jurors will say, I can't do it. My family will be hurt. They will want to convict on a lesser charge. Someone will say, there's no evidence. You get a hung or not enough. Someone will say, I have reasonable doubt. One or two or three jurors will say, I have reasonable doubt. Hung jury. And think of how that works. The jury deliberates for days and the tension builds and the protesters uh, congregate and they come all in the, from all over to Minneapolis waiting for the verdict. And the verdict comes in. We can't reach a verdict, Your Honor. We are a hung jury. That's all it takes. It doesn't take. He's innocent and seeing Chauvin walk out of jail and, you know, hug hug his friends and, and, and you know, get in his car and drive away. That would be bad. That would be the worst for the community. But just a hung jury will lead to. Um, will lead to just more civil unrest. I mean, uh, Ayana and IOC, they'll be happy because small businesses will burn. People get hurt. Uh, property will get destroyed. Blocks and blocks of Minneapolis will be in ruins, which will, again, make a lot of politicians happy. A lot of media people, they'll be thrilled. It'll be romanticized, and they'll, they'll say it's all about race and uh, systemic this and race but the people, the, the people who live there, the people who run the business, the people that matter, the taxpayers will be, their lives will be ruined because a jury couldn't come to a decision. That's all it'll take. And it's going to get brutal. All right. We got to get, I want to get to one other thing. Let me do Shay. Let me get to um, Hank Azaria. If you don't know who Hank Azaria is, uh, he's the latest, I don't want to say guy to get canceled because he wasn't really canceled. He kind of volunteered to cancel himself. But he is pathetic. He he's, is, uh, he's your new, he's your Drew Brees of the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's he's a good Drew one. Yeah. He's yeah. a he, he, uh, Let me put it this way: Hank Azaria is on his knees, asking for forgiveness. We will tell you about Hank Azaria and uh, others in the uh, in the uh, cartoon world. <laughs> Literally in the cartoon world. After I talk about Shake Concrete and what Shake can do for you, did you know that Shake Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man- manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've seen them. I've been around them when they say that. Shake Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes 
designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. Yo, it's Robert Ory, and we're always bringing you the best upbeat sports conversations and the biggest guests we can track down on a Big Shot Bob podcast. One of the best ever, John Sally, is with us. John didn't realize that the real killer was Robert Ory. I said it a lot. <laughs> I said it, didn't I, Rob? I was like, yeah. the quiet one is the one you better watch out for. He don't get mad at anything. Uh-oh, something's up. <laughs> and don't miss the show on Wednesday the 31st as we talk to Lakers president, Jeannie Buzz. Subscribe now everywhere you get your podcast, and leave us a rating and review to be featured on the show. What's better than courtside seats? Free sports on Pluto TV. Hey, sports fans, get all your sports free on Pluto TV. Pluto TV is your home for sports. Watch 24-7 channels of MLB, MLS, MMA, sports news and analysis, plus documentaries, TV shows, and movies, all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. We've heard this Hank Azaria story for, I don't know how long now, a few months actually probably close to a year when you think about when we were talking about Cleveland, the Cleveland character on family guy who was voiced by a white guy and he apologized and they said, he can't do it anymore. It's got to be a black guy. So, and I think the Simpsons agreed that they won't longer have white people do the Simpsons characters. They need yellow people. Oh, you have to be yellow. You have to match the character you do. Anyway, Hank Azaria did, Abu, right? Yes. Abu, the um, uh, Pakistani or Indian shopkeeper, and with an accent, and you know some stereotypes. But it was it was going on for twenty years, <laughs> and it was like um, all cartoon, or not all, most cartoon uh, characters. There was some stereotypical stuff involved. The way there, you know, often is. We've gone through it with. Uh, you know, Speedy Gonzalez and with uh, Pepe Le Pew and so many other cartoons which have been declared after decades and decades, in case of Pepe Le Pew, after 60 years, it was declared um, racist, sexist, whatever, homophobic, you name it. But um, Hank Azaria uh, went on a podcast with Dex Shepard and, and just bled out, just confessed and said he wants to apologize to every Indian person he sees. Um, he resisted this. This subject came up four years ago, I believe, when an Indian-American comedian, um, what's the, Hari Kandobulu, uh, an American comedian of Indian descent, who first called them out four years ago and said it was problematic and did a documentary called The Problem with Apu, Apu. And at the time, uh, um, I don't think Azaria took it took it uh, too seriously. Obviously, didn't quit. No one uh, did anything on The Simpsons. They didn't change anything. They just kept going. Mac Groneg kept cashing the checks, and everyone lived uh, happily ever after. But then um, pressure mounted. God knows, cancel culture got worse. You know, everyone. Oh, you know all the stories. Doctor Zeus and Aunt Jemima and everything else got canceled. Hank Azaria had a 
had a mm, epiphany. He decided he wants to um, go to every Indian person he sees. He said he went to uh, his son's school and he was talking to an Indian kids there and he wanted to get their input, kids. Um, a 17-year-old who'd never even seen The Simpsons but knows what Apu means and it's practically a slur. All he knows is how his people are thought of and represented by many in this country. Um, so he said he had tears in his eyes. Part of me feels like I need to go to every single Indian person in the country and personally apologize to Hank Azaria. I want to, okay. yeah, we have the, yeah, we have this sound. I want to hear him say that. That he, Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Yes, my friend, I will tell them that. I said to him, and I'm going to say to you right now, I really do apologize. I know this, you weren't asking for that, but I, it's important. You know, I apologize for my part in creating that, in participating in that. He's, he's apologized to every Indian person. He's never going to do it again. And obviously, every there needs to be this test for every every cartoon character. If You, you can't uh, appropriate someone else's culture when you do a cartoon. And you can't have any stereotypes, which means, you know, half the materials got to go because lots of acerbic uh, cartoons or, or, or comedic uh, comic shows are about stereotypes. And I mean, some, I guess, are worse than others because I can guarantee you could do an Irish drunk tomorrow. Um, is, is Mo, is Mo uh, Irish? Cause he does him. He does Mo. Um, he does a bunch of other names, a bunch of other characters, but here's the point. He's been doing it for 20 years. You know how much, um, Hank Azaria is worth, I looked this up, it's staggering. Hank Azaria is worth $90 million. In, um, uh, and you want to hear the best part? There's eight other uh, voice people who make more than Hank Azaria. I got the net worth of all the uh, voice people. This was a couple of years ago. Hank uh, was only at $83 million. He's now worth 80 He's worth 90 90 million for doing voices. Um, and he makes 300,000 an episode. <laughs> um, what a business. He's, he's eighth. Uh, I'll just give you an example. Number seven, Yardley Smith worth, uh, 85 million. Yardley Smith, uh, does Lisa on the Simpsons. Very okay. iconoclastic voice. She better hope there's no reason that, you know, that she's appropriating, you know, children or something or yellow, uh, Dan Castellanato, he's six, he's worth 87 million. He did, he does Homer on the Simpsons. Hank Shearer, 89 million. He's five. He does, uh, Mr. Burns, Ned Flanders, Principal Skinner. Number four, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, now he created Family Guy, obviously, and yep. does voices. He's worth $330 million. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what? He, number two, number three, Trey Parker. Half of the uh, South Park duo, $612 million. Number two, his partner, Matt Stone, $615 million. I'm not sure why he makes more, but whatever. Uh, they do voices and created... Um, um, uh, South Park and wrote uh, the Book of Mormon, that awful play, one of the worst. I saw it. It's terrible, but they're still great. Uh, South Park is still funny, and they're uh, fabulously wealthy. Matt Gronegg, $652 million <laughs> he's worth. Well he, well, he created Simpsons, right? He's the right, same. Right, he created the Simpsons, but <clears throat> there are 10 actors, voice people, including those creator guys, who are worth 
at least $78 million. Now, my question is to heck is area. <clears throat> if you were just starting out um, and you didn't have any money and you didn't have weren't make a 300,000 episode, would you have uh, walk around and apologize to every Indian person? Would you um, um, have tears in your eyes at your son's school and, and beg forgiveness from Indian or Pakistani kids? I, I, I'm going to guess no. It's easy to do now. It's easy to virtual signal now when you're worth 90 million bucks. Um, and it's easy to do this, to say, look at me. I'm, I'm too good for this. I'm too good to pay a poo. I mean, quietly in private when he's sitting there with, uh, you know, Matt Gronegg or the rest of these guys, do you think he says, this is awful what we did for the last 20 years? Do you think it was racist and awful and hurtful and offensive? Or do you think he says, oh, Christ, these people are coming for me. I better give them what they want. I'll apologize. I'll cry. I'll tell them, you know, we'll, we won't do the character anymore. And, uh, you know, let's, let's get back to the show and, and, and let's, you know, get my 300 grand a week here. I mean, it's easy for Hank Azaria is my yep. point. Yep. And, and first of all, he never got one word about it until that movie probably four years ago, right? That was the right. start. And that probably wasn't even bad. You probably get worse than that on Twitter every single day. And then right. now it's it's kind of over the last four years, it get, keeps building and building where it's still probably not dramatic. He probably doesn't get a shitload of feedback being like, how dare you? But he just, you know, had an epiphany. He's now sober and he had an epiphany. So Right. That's true. It's part yeah. of a sobriety. And I guess that's what you do when you go on with Dak Shepard. You, you know, it's like an AA meeting. And, the, and the, 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 the person he was talking to works on the Shepard show, which he's uh, Indian or Pakistani-American. And he was apologizing to her. Yeah. But if you're doing an edgy um, cartoon, and I would say South Park is a little edgier and uh, Family Guy too. But South Park is very, very edgy. Do you have to keep track of all the people that you might offend? Because if you're watching Salt Park, it's like every day. I mean, yeah. I was watching an episode. My son's into it, and I can't help. Sometimes I'm like, shut, you know, I don't want to watch. But you can't help but laugh when you get to that point. And they were doing a, one of their pandemic episodes, and they're in a class. And they all have their, uh, you know, they're in bubbles and the masks on. And they have armed guards to make sure that they uh, socially distance and wear their masks and all that stuff. And they start, one of them starts flipping out. One of the characters I've been Cartman when I'm flipping out says, I can't take this anymore. And he's screaming and he's causing a fuss. So the cops all draw their weapons and shoot, but they all shoot the black kid. <laughs> they don't shoot the, the, the black kid sitting next to him. They all shoot the black kid and they go, uh, and then they sent him to the hospital and they said he was hospitalized with the virus you know they made many many jokes about the virus but they all shoot the black kid and i'm thinking that's got to offend you know somebody i mean cops i don't know that's got to offend and every 10 seconds in a south park episode is something that offends somebody so will trey parker and the other guy will they walk around apologizing to everybody they meet eventually is that what we're going to get to I don't think so. How much do these television stations pay for these shows? That's the Simpsons lineup that you just mentioned. Like, it's one thing for the guy who created the show to make that much money, but the voice characters to each be making three hundred k an episode. I know. Can't they be replaced? I mean, I realize maybe the Lisa girl, the Lisa Simpson voice would be tough, but they're gonna replace Apu with a well, or get rid of them. They're gonna replace the black voice actors who aren't black with black voice actors. So they seem replaceable. I mean, maybe some are too iconic, like maybe Peter Griffin is too iconic 
or or maybe whatever uh, Homer um, or Bart. But all these, most of what Hank Azaria does are the uh, the Moes and the, the fringe characters. The can't he just be replaced with someone who makes I don't know ten grand a week and not three hundred grand a week? I would think so. How many episodes of the of the Simpsons is there a season? That must cost them like three million dollars an episode just to produce the damn thing. Uh, I guess it's syndicated around the world, so they yeah. Make, yeah, who knows those syndicated shows? I mean, Judge Judy makes fifty million a year. It's wild. Yeah. So they, that's how you make the big dough. But Hank Azaria, I'm sure he's going to give all that money back. Give it to charities and give it to poor uh, Pakistani kids because he feels so awful. I mean, it's easy for Hank Azaria. We'll see. The people who get canceled and lose their a livelihood, lose their their you know their salary, their savings, any chance they have. People, I don't know, like the, the Sacramento Kings play-by-play guy who's making a good living. He gets fired for saying all lives matter. That guy. That guy is unfairly canceled. Hank Azaria, he's virtue signaling. He's riding this and using. And then look at me. I've come. I've I've had an awakening. Aren't I? Aren't I amazing? Uh, he's just looking. He's like Greg Popovich, looking for pats on the head. Screw him. Screw Hank. You know what? Family Guy's ten times better than Simpsons anyway. And so is Park. Anyway, we'll put him on the list of most overpaid people on the planet Earth. Ninety million for Hank Azaria. But anyway, let's leave it there. I had a bunch of other stuff to get to, but uh, George Price was was too good, and we wanted to get you updated on Minnesota and prepared for the next wave, the next storm that is coming. The defense is mounting their their case as we speak. Derek Chauvin's going to get uh, a hung jury, or I don't think he'll get acquitted. I think he'll get a hung jury, and that will be that will be awful. That will be just the worst thing that ever happened in that community. And uh, but we'll stay on top of it. We appreciate it. And thanks to our guest, George Price, just an all-around uh, expert on law enforcement and law enforcement uh, tactics. He was very good. Good job, uh, Colin Ain. Thanks to uh, DCU and Allied Paving and Shake Concrete. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't... Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Yo, it's Robert Ory, and we're always bringing you the best upbeat sports conversations and the biggest guests we can track down on the Big Shot Bob Podcast. One of the best ever, John Sally, is with us. John didn't realize that the real killer was Robert Ory. I said it a lot. I said it, didn't I, Rob? I was like, yeah. the quiet one is the one you better watch out for. He don't get mad at anything. Uh-oh, something's up. <laughs> and don't miss the show on Wednesday the 31st as we talk to Lakers president, Jeannie Buzz. Subscribe now everywhere you get your podcast and leave us a rating and review to be featured on the show.